Praise the Lord. Uh, as many of you know that have been you know, been coming for a little while, or at least this year, you know that the, uh, I've, I've shared several times how the Lord, I believe, impressed me at the beginning of the year to put a strong emphasis on faith this year. Now, we always, you know, uh, that's nothing new. You understand that. If you've been around here, God's called us to help people receive from God and to help people grow in God's word, to learn to receive what God has for you. And, um, and so that's nothing new, but the Lord, I believe, impressed me to go a little stronger this year. So I've endeavored to do that, maybe not fully as I would like, but the, but the year's not over yet either. So uh, praise the Lord. But because uh, I, I, we need to realize, and this is something that's been quickened to me, is that in these last days that we're in, in the last of the last days, um, you know, Jesus said, uh, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? It didn't say when the Son of Man comes, will, will, will he fi- find just people that are working hard or, or people that are relying on their intelligence? Uh, listen, we, we need to work hard. We need to, we need to use our minds. You know, we need, in other words, we need to, God gave us common sense. But how many of you know, Jesus said, I've come, when I come back, I want to find faith. Why? Because it's going to take faith to, to, to really uh, overcome, be the successes in God he wants us to be in this last few hours of the church. It's not going to, it, we're not going to accomplish things by our, just our wit, our grit, or our spit. <laughs> it's going to take faith. That's part of it. That's why we need to teach on these things. That's why, and the church, you know, the part of the church that doesn't embrace faith is going to be lacking. And they're, and they're really hurting their own people, hurting the body in that area. Uh, because there are many that are going to fall away because they're, they're, of the pressures of this world. And they don't know how to overcome. They don't know how to stand on the word of God. That's why this is very important in this season that we're living in. And involved with faith, you know, we talk a lot about the power of our words, which is important in faith. We talk about, you know, what our, believing in our heart, speaking with our mouth. We talk about believing we receive when we pray. Mark 11, you know, Mark 11, 23 and 24, these truths from the word of God are very important when it comes to walking and living by faith. Uh, there's another element here that's vital, and that's what we do with our mind. A lot of people don't realize how important the mind is, and the Bible talks a lot about the mind, and a lot of people don't understand how important the mind is uh, when it comes to faith. Now, faith is of the heart. Faith is of the spirit. You know, from the heart, man believes unto righteousness, the Scripture says. But your mind plays an important role in uh, really in getting into faith, but primarily in staying in faith and, and staying in the place where you don't get double-minded because doubt will try to enter in. So we have to be strong in our minds and understand what the, that element, that aspect of faith in our lives that has to do with our mind because you're a spirit, you have a soul, which includes your mind, and you have a body. So the mind uh, is, is very important. When it comes to the walk of faith, not just the walk of faith, but the, but just walking with God, living in victory, overcoming sin, overcoming, you know, bondages in our life. Uh, the mind, people don't realize how important the mind is in achieving anything in the kingdom of God by his spirit and by his word. Glory to God. So we're going to talk about uh, how faith considers the word. And that comes from primarily here from Romans chapter 4. Now, that principle is throughout the Scripture, and we'll look at a couple of things. We can't even look at all of them today, examples, but let's, let's look here in Romans 4 for a moment. This is, uh, this is about the story of Abraham, the father of our what? Our faith. <laughs> He's referred to as the father of our faith, that we're to follow his example. Now, here God says, uh, is talking about him, says, I, as it is written, I have made you. 
a father of many nations. That's God's word to Abraham. That's what he declared about Abraham before Abraham had any children. So this is the word of God. It's God's promise that Abraham, his job now is to believe the word of God. Amen. God's job is to perform the promise. And you need to realize that in your life, your job is not to make the things happen that God has promised. Your job is to believe it and act like it's true and then stay with the word and let God perform. God expects us to live a life that way. And the things he's called us to, leads us to, things that... that uh, that we need to stand on his word for when we see the promise and then we see the contradictory circumstance. We're supposed to go with the promise. That's what faith does. Faith says, I believe what God says in spite of what I see or feel here, in spite of what it looks like. And Abraham uh, here, it says, before whom him whom he believed. See, Abraham believed. He believed what God said. That's what faith does. Who quickens, talking about God here, who quickens the dead. And, and, and then he calls. This is how God's showing Abraham and us, this is how you operate now in the faith realm. One way, you call those things which be not as though they were. That means you speak what God says in spite of what it looks like. You call into existence what's true in the realm of the spirit because of the revealed promise of God. And you bring it into, the, into this realm where we live and make it reality by your faith, by calling it that way because of what you believe in your heart. Amen. That's how God created the universe. He's saying this is, how, this is how Abraham operated. God said, you're Abraham. Abraham started saying, I'm Abraham. He started calling himself the father of many nations when he didn't have a child and the doctor said he couldn't have a child. That neither he nor Sarah could have children because of their age. They were past age. I, I, I think that's why God, God did this. He didn't do this when Abraham was 35. He waited until it had to be God. <laughs> Praise God. For he had to believe God in spite of what he saw and felt. Glory be to God. <laughs> but God gave Abraham something to believe, didn't he? Yes. Faith's job then is believe the word. God's job is to perform the word. Praise God. So verse 18 says he, he gave him this principle of faith and how to receive and how to appropriate. And it says about uh, Abraham who against hope. In other words, when it was hopeless in the natural, according to the circumstance, he believed. He had an expectation. He believed in the expectation that God had given him through the promise that he might become the father of many nations. So he kept his focus on what God said. Now, he, he, Abraham had a rough time early on. You know, he didn't always jump on. He didn't jump on the word first. You know, it, it took him a few years. Aren't you glad God's patient with you, too? <laughs> I'm glad he's patient with me. He doesn't quit on you just because you may have laughed like Abraham and Sarah did right off the bat. When God said, you're going to be parents, they went, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, right. The laugh of unbelief, but it turned into a laugh of faith later. Because of some things they did, and we're going to see some things they did here in this passage uh, of Scripture here that you might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. See, faith has to be uh, wrapped around what God says. It has to be focused on what God says. It's not about anything else. It's what does the word say? It's not about what do we feel. It's not about what the world says can't happen. It's not about what your body says is not supposed to happen. It's about what did God say? That's what faith is all about. What does the word say? In Abraham's case, so shall thy seed be. You're going to be the father of 
many nations. I've made you that already. Praise the Lord. This next verse. Now we're going to see some more keys here and, and, and focus on some things that we're talking about this morning. Because there's different facets to faith, but we're, focusing, we're going to be focusing primarily on, on, on one facet this morning. Uh, and, but it's really such a strong truth that it, it, it affects every arena, every element of the faith walk. Even getting into faith, and but of course staying in faith. And being not weak in faith. In other words, you could say Abraham was strong in faith. He wasn't weak. Now how did he not be weak? He considered not. He considered not. He had to consider not something first. He had to consider not the negative circumstance. He had to consider not. The contrary situation to what God said. He had to consider not his own body being too old to have kids. And Sarah's body. When he was about 100, neither yet Sarah's body. Her deadness. The deadness of her womb. He could not consider that. What does that mean? He couldn't put his focus he couldn't behold that. That's what that, the word considered. It means behold, look at, contemplate. Focus. He couldn't put his attention. He couldn't put his attention. He wasn't in denial, but he said, I cannot put my attention, focus. I, I cannot consider the natural circumstance that's contrary to what God said is true about me now. Wow. That's what, faith, that's what faith has to do. That's what faith has to do. Consider not. Consider not the natural circumstance. <laughs> Hallelujah. Consider not his body, now dead when he was about 100 years old. Neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. So he couldn't consider the natural. Now, th- now this is a choice. What you consider, what you consider, what you choose to put your attention on is a choice. No matter what circumstance you're in, no matter what you're facing, you have a choice as to what you're going to consider. See, some people think, I don't have a choice. Whatever happens is the will of God. No, you have a choice when it comes to faith, whether you're going to be weak or whether you're going to be strong. Glory be to God. This is good news for somebody this morning. Maybe for the one that grew up in a denomination like I did where all I heard was God's in control of everything. And I didn't have a choice what happened to me. It was just God working out his plan in my life somehow. No, I have a choice. I have a choice to not be weak in faith in the kind of uh, faith is what God has given me to be able to overcome in life with, to turn circumstances around, <laughs> to see the impossible become possible, to see the miraculous, to see uh, you know promises that are in the Bible become my personal reality. I have a choice. He considered not his own body. Choice. Next verse here, verse 19. He staggered not. I mean, he didn't, what other translations say, he wavered not. He staggered not. He wavered not at what the promise, the promise. Amen. Why? Because he was not considering his body. But he was considering something else, the promise. He considered the promise. In fact, uh, it was not, uh, well, let me read the rest. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. So he talked about weak faith in the verse before. Now he's talking about strong faith. But but again, both of these have to do with the choice of what you're going to consider. The reason he didn't stagger is because he considered the promise. 
The reason he didn't waver and get into unbelief is because he kept his attention, his focus, his mind on the promise. Yeah, you, 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 that'll, you, know, you, get into the, you get into faith by hearing the word, by attending to the word. You, you, you may hear it several times. You may you, know, you, you hear it in a church service or you, or, you, or you read it in the book and your spirit hears it. And you hear the scripture. You hear what God has promised you, that by his stripes you were healed or that my God supplies all your need according to his riches and glory. And you attend to that and you focus on that and you hear a message on that over and over. Then all of a sudden faith rises in your heart. But why? Because you considered what God said. Your considerations make the difference in whether you're going to believe God or walk in doubt and unbelief. Your considerations make the difference in whether you're going to live in victory or you're going to walk in defeat. If you're going to be overcome of the enemy or if you're going to overcome him. When he raises his head up in your life. He staggered not at the promise. In fact, I want to put up the American Standard Version. I love how this reads here in verse, uh, the ASV. We should have that for verse 20. Yet looking, well, that's considering, isn't it? Same word, but it's basically the same meaning. Looking unto the promise of God, he wavered not through unbelief. How did he not waver? He looked. He kept his attention. He kept his focus. He kept considering. Abraham did this. His body's telling him, you can't have a child. Look at your wife. She can't have a child. He said, I'm only going to consider what God said. I'm going to weigh everything against what did God say? What does the word say? And I'm only going to consider God's word. That kept him from staggering. That kept him from wavering. And going, oh, I don't know about that. No, he said, I'm only going to consider. I don't care what my feelings say. I don't care what my body says. Because his body's screaming out. His body has a voice saying, you can't have kids. Oh, man, no way. He's like, I don't consider that. I'm going to keep considering. Keep my attention. I'm going to keep looking at the promise and that kept him from wavering. See, it's important to get in faith, but it's also necessary to stay in faith if you're going to get to the finish line. And Abraham waxed strong because he kept considering. That's how you stay strong. It's a choice. This is so exciting if you understand the reality of this. Because some people think, I just don't have the faith. Well, you can do something about it, sweetie. You can do something about it, big boy. You can do something about it. By what you consider. It takes discipline. It takes practice. It takes exercising it. This principle. You're going to have to put the word in the forefront of your mind, that promise, and you're going to have to keep it there. When feelings come and contrary thoughts come, you're going to have all kinds of voices come. You've got to keep considering what did God say. That's what's going to get you to the finish line. Hebrews chapter 12. Let's read a couple of verses there right in, in while we're looking at this. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. I want everybody leaving this place today knowing I can have strong faith. I don't have to settle for being a weakling in my faith walk. I can do something about it. I can make the choice today that I'm going to discipline my thought life and I'm going to keep it centered on what God said about my situation. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race that's set before us. Look at verse 2. Looking. 
How are we supposed to be running this race and this faith life? Looking unto Jesus, who's the author, but guess what? He's also the finisher of what? Our faith. He's the finisher. But he can't finish it and bring you the victory unless you're looking at him. Looking unto him. Considering him. Well, if you're considering Jesus, guess what? You're considering the word. He is the word. So I'm going to consider him. I'm going to look to him. I'm going to behold him in my walk of faith. Because he'll finish it. He'll make sure I get to the finish line. Victoriously. See, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Why? He despised the shame. Why? Because he kept his eyes in the right direction. He kept looking at the promise of God. He knew what God said. That there'll be many sons that'll come to glory. And that he's going, he's going to be seated again at the right hand. He knew what the Old Testament said. That he, he's going to be the one that's going to be in charge during the millennial reign. He knew there was an end result of victory for him. And the fact that he's going to be able to bring uh, the whole body, a whole new realm, a whole new kingdom, the body of Christ, the church. He saw you. He saw me. That's why he went through the cross because he was looking to the other side. That's why you can go through a test, a trial, adversity, sickness, disease, and know that there's victory on the other side. But the only way you can do it is by considering the word and looking past that test you're going through. As you look to the word and consider the word, that means you're going through the test. You're getting to the other side and you're going to stand victorious. Excuse me for preaching today. I got, this is coming out a little stronger than I thought it was. Man, I just, this is. Verse three, let's, let's look at this too. Consider him. Consider him. Consider the word. Consider looking through the, through the test to the prize, to the victory, to the promise like he did. Consider him who endured the contradiction of sinners against him. Now notice this. This is what happens if you don't consider the word. You'll get weary. And you'll faint. So you'll get weary and you'll faint. But you can do something about getting weary in your faith walk. In walking in victory. In overcoming that that bondage or even that sin or that, or that disease or what, whatever it is. If God's got a promise for you, you need to be considering the word and keep considering the word. Keep magnifying what God says. You know, when we come in and, and, and worship and praise, one thing we're doing, we're considering the word when we magnify Jesus. We sang about God is for me, Right? How many, how many of you realize you need to be considering that when you think you're going through something alone? Or you think you can't overcome? That's what we, we need to consider scripture like that. God is far, if God is for me, who can be against me? That's considering him. You're considering the word. And if you'll keep considering the word, you won't get weary in your stand of faith. You won't get weary. You won't faint. You'll stay strong considerations in the right direction on the right things will keep you strong in faith so that you can walk through anything and stay strong till the finish line. Glory be to God forevermore. You know, James talks about in James 1, you know, remember James is one of the disciples. James was there when Peter got out and walked on the water, then started sinking. I believe that's what he had in his mind when he talked about this. He said, when, let, let a man ask, if, if a man lacks something, lacks wisdom or whatever from the promises of God, let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. How many of when we ask of the Lord, we don't need to be wavering. That means we need to have 
a good foundation first in the word, we need to consider what God said and, and have it strong in our hearts. That's why it's important to meditate the word of God. Build a foundation in the word of God even before you pray, before you ask in a prayer of faith. Because you don't want to be wavering, but it, because you're going to have to, there's going to be waves come. Because he says, he that wavers, is like, I believe he's, he saw Peter right there. He that wavers like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed, or he, or he just saw, you know, something like that, just a situation uh, where, it, you know, you can be moved around, moved off of your faith, moved off of the word. Let's just read those next couple of verses here for it. Let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. That's pretty strong, isn't it? Some people don't like this. They don't want to hear, they don't want to hear this kind of thing. They want, to, they want to hear, well, whatever the Lord wants is going to happen for you, darling. No, not whatever the Lord wants is going to happen for you. You're going to have to use your faith. You're going to have to give God something to work with. You're going to have to cooperate with him. You're going to have to agree with him in your heart and in your words and in your mind. If you're going to be able to endure standing to receive the answer. Now it's not impossible. It's very possible. It's not hard. It's a matter of making a choice and sticking with it. I mean, I say it can be hard on your flesh a little bit, but it's worth it all standing on the word to see victory, to see results, to see the answer, to see the need met, to see the healing come. Let not that man think he'll receive anything of the Lord. He's talking about the one that wavers and gets. That's why considering the word is so important because you don't want to be in the realm of wavering. But again, considering is a choice. You can choose to be strong and not waver by what you discipline your mind to stay on and take hold of. I'm going to take hold of the word and I'm not going to let it go. I'm going to keep my mind on what God said. I'm not going to think about uh, what I'm feeling right now. I'm not going to think about what, what, even what the doctor said or what the, you know, what's, what the economy is being declared for me. I don't, we don't think on those things. We don't deny them, but we don't consider them. We don't put our attention on that. On that. He goes on to say there in verse 8, for the double-minded man, man of two minds, man going, his mind is going this way at one moment, then it goes the other way. Well, I believe I'm healed, but now I don't know. I'm so sick. He's unstable. Unsta- we need stability. How do you get stability? By what you choose to consider. Your consideration, your attention, what you choose to behold. You know, David, he knew, a, he knew a great key to victory was what he kept, kept on his mind. He says it in Psalm 119, verse 95. Psalm 119, verse 95. You know, it talks about when his enemies, uh, we've got, he'll, he'll bring it up here in a second. What, you know, when his enemies would surround him and come against him, he said, I'm going to consider. The wicked have waited for me to destroy me. But I will consider your testimonies. Because he knew if he would just consider God's word, it would give him the faith and the strength. How do you think he killed that? He's out there tending the sheep. What do you think he's doing during that time? He's worshiping and meditating. Then when a bear and the lion come up and try to take the sheep, he killed them. He took them on, not with a gun, <laughs> with a shepherd's staff, you know. He took them on. He killed them. That prepared him. Why he, he, but what had he been doing? What, what made him ready for that? What he considered. That's why we've got to consider the word every day. I'm talking about just to even be ready for a faith fight. You need to consider the word. Now, once you're in a faith fight, you better, now you definitely have to consider the word if you're going to 
come out victorious on the other side. Then Goliath came on, you know. But David, when everybody else was scared and running for cover, all the, other, all the rest of the army was crying and whining and worried. He comes on and said, Who's this, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Why are you so scared of him? Why? Because of what he'd been considering. He'd been considering God's promises, God's covenant with Israel that no enemy can stand against you. Glory be to God. So Abraham decided, you know, Abraham, I'm not going to be weak. I'm going to be strong because I'm going to consider the promise. I refuse to be weak. That needs to be our attitude, doesn't it? Because you know for sure the devil's going to try to come. He's going to bring contrary thoughts. The devil knows how to whisper things into our head to tell us we can't have what God's word says we have. So we've got to be able with the word of God to keep from staggering at the promises of God. Keep from wavering from the promises of God. So that we can be strong in our minds. Amen. Because, you know, you realize circumstances can't change the word of God. What, do that, what does the circumstance have to do with the word of God? What does how you feel have to do with the word of God? It doesn't change anything. The word of God has to be superior to everything else. But it can only become superior in our lives and in our, in our circumstances by what we consider. Are we going to give the word our consideration? You know, I've had people come to me before, and I understand it. I'm not, I don't get that, you know, I'm not, uh, understand what I'm saying here. Somebody will say, will you believe with me for a good report from the doctor next week? Let me, I'm going to ask you this. What does a, what, what does a bad report have to do with the word? A bad report doesn't change the word. And that's why I usually try to encourage people, listen, you know, I, I'm ex- I want that good report for you, but let's believe the word no matter what report we get from the doctor. No matter what the report is out there, we have a report inside God's word that needs to be our meditation, our consideration. That, that doesn't change. That doesn't change because of a negative report coming from the outside. We've got the good report on the inside. That's what we're to be living by. You know, we're going to need that good report to live by in the days and months and years to come before the Lord's return. I'm just telling you that that's strong in me by the Holy Ghost. That's why the churches that will preach the word are going to thrive in the last days. But you're already seeing some churches fall away because they're not built on the word. They're built on fads and other things. And I'm not against anybody that's at least getting people saved. But I'm going to tell you what, churches better wake up and start giving their people something to hang their spiritual hat on. To be able to fight the good fight in these last days. Yes, we need the Holy Ghost. We need to walk in the wisdom of God. And and we're going to have to learn to navigate, you know, treacherous waters in the last days. Not in fear. But we're going to have to be able to walk by faith and be led by the Spirit. Praise the Lord. See, what you continue to consider is what you put on the throne in your life. Your considerations, if you consider the Word, you're allowing the Word, you're allowing God's thoughts to be on the throne of your mind. And if you're allowing the word of God to be on the throne of your mind, then you are positioning your spirit now for success. Because your spirit, your mind is the doorway or the gateway to your spirit. And what you'll continue to keep on your mind is what gets down into your heart, which is where faith operates from. That's why this is so important. That's why what you consider is so important. What you allow in to your mind. That's why you can't let fear, thoughts that bring depression. Uh, if people, so many people are depressed nowadays. You have all these drugs on TV. I'm not against anybody taking medicine that they need. But you got all this stuff for depression now. Depression 
primarily boils down to what somebody is considering. What do you consider all day long? If you consider the thoughts of the devil, fear thoughts, depression thoughts, thoughts that are contrary to the word of God will bring depression. I'm talking about most depression. I'm not, there may be some that are physically related. I, I, I'm not going I'm I'm to judge that. I'm not judging anybody. But I guarantee you, most depression is because of what people consider all day long. Where they put their mind. But I have such a difficult situation. Well, this is the only, only way you're going to change is by, by considering the word. If you keep considering the problem and you're considering thoughts that bring fear. So you can take those thoughts. What did Jesus say? We're not, we don't, we're not, I didn't give him that scripture. What did Jesus say in Matthew 6? Take no thought concerning the things of this life. Worrying about what am I going to eat? What am I going to wear? He said, don't take those thoughts. In fact, you know what he said? Consider the lilies. They don't toil. They don't spin. And they're even dressed better than Solomon. That's what he said. But he said, what? Consider God's provision. Notice, consider what God has done and is doing instead of considering your need. Or what you think bad could happen tomorrow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What you consider is the direction you're going to go. It, it sets courses and direction for your life. Just the things you choose to consider. And the devil is going to give you a lot of opportunities to consider the wrong thing. He knows how to whisper lies to your head. But it's like what one person said. That you can't keep the birds from flying around your head, but you can certainly keep them from nesting in your hair. You can keep thoughts from lodging into your mind and into your heart by what you consider. And victory over bondages, victory over disease, victory over, over sin. Some people, they, they, they're bound by sin and certain, you know, addictions and things because that's what they, they, they're, they're, they're considerations. They're not opening the door to the victory of God that's available to them by putting their attention and their focus on what God says is true about them. God said you're free from the power of sin. He said sin in Romans 6 has no dominion over you. That means no bondage should be able to control your life. But what are you going to believe and think on? I mean, what are you going to choose to put your attention on? Hallelujah. Praise God. Because that's the direction your life will go. In fact, what you put your mind on opens up spiritual, opens up spiritual forces into your life, negative and positive. What is Romans 8, 6? Everybody know what this verse says, Romans 8, 6. To be carnally minded, what does that do? It opens up the realm of spiritual death. That means things that have to do with what the enemy can bring into your life. If you keep your mind on what the enemy's doing and just on what, uh, you know, the, the lies or the circumstance or the problem, if that's all you think about, you're opening up your spirit, man. You're, op you're opening up yourself to uh, open and opening a door to the enemy to bring his forces to bear from the realm of spiritual death into your life. But to be spiritually minded. He's talking about the mind that now opens up the gateway to the spirit of, and the forces of the spirit of God. When you keep your mind on the word of God, you consider the word only. Guess what? You're opening yourself now to the force of life, the life of God, Zoe life, the quickening power and life of God, peace, joy, all the fruit of the spirit is able now to be manifested and, and demonstrated in your life in a greater measure, all because of what you choose to think on. You're, you know, Isaiah said, those that keep their mind stayed on him will walk in peace. 
Isaiah 26, 3. We don't even have that on there. But that, you know, he said, keep your mind stayed on him. Why? Because peace is a result. God's peace, that's spiritual life. Glory be to God. Perfect peace. Shalom, shalom. Why? Because of what you chose to consider. Him. The word. Praise God forevermore. You, put the, you, you let God's thoughts be on the throne of your mind. See, the devil, he comes to try to distract you and get the wrong thoughts into your head. What did, he started out that way. Remember, he came to Eve, hath God said. What was he doing? He was distracting her from what God had said. He was trying to get their mind off of what God had said is true for them. That's been the enemy's mode of operation ever since. He hadn't changed. He didn't have, didn't have anything new. First Timothy chapter 1. First Timothy chapter 1. Glory be to God. Verse 4. Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogy. Give heed. What is that? That's attention. That's considering, right? That means you, you're putting your attention and your mind on on lies. He said, don't, get, don't put your mind and your attention and your consideration on things that aren't true. What does it do? It ministers doubt. See, this is how the devil gets people out of faith. He gets them thinking wrong and it brings doubt. He administers doubt. You open up the door to his realm. Doubt. Fear. Rather than godly edifying, which is in faith. <clears> or <throat> things that will build you up from the word of God, which will produce faith in you. In fact, let's look at the amplified version of that there real quick. Don't give importance to, to or notice this, occupy yourself. See, a lot of people get preoccupied. With lies. Occupy is another word for considering. Don't occupy yourself with legends, myths, fables, and endless genealogies. In other words, things that don't have to do anything to do with the truth of the word of God. Which foster and promote useless speculation and questionings. Doubt. Unbelief. This is how people get caught up in cults and things like that. They get their mind on something that tickles their mind a little bit. Well, that's interesting. So they stay with it for a while. They keep their mind on it. It opens the door to things. And the enemy's forces, his spirit, the enemy's able to bring other things into their life because it opens their spirit to oppression. Rather than acceptance in faith of God's administration, <laughs> what God's administering. Amen. We need to be only open to what God's ministering to us. And his divine training. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Proverbs 4. Yeah, we, we know that we use this script. Look at this. My son, attend. Attend. That's considered, isn't it? Put your attention on it. What? God's words. Incline your ear to what God has to say. Why? Because you're opening yourself up. You're going to open your spirit up to something wonderful. He goes on to talk about it. Let them not depart from your eyes. That means you keep considering the word, right? No matter what you feel, no matter what it looks like, no matter what negative reports you get, you keep it. How do you keep the word in the midst of your heart? By what you consider. You keep considering it, you're, you're, keeping, you're keeping a hold on it in your heart. Even though you're getting pressure, you're getting a barrage of the enemy's thoughts come at you. You keep holding on to it. You say, no, I'm not going to let it depart from my eye. I'm keeping the word in the forefront of my mind, 
my thinking, my praising, my, my, my words are, are going to have to do with what does God say? That's how you keep it in the middle of your heart where faith comes forth. This is how you stay in faith. You don't let the word depart from your eyes. You keep considering the word like Abraham did. He didn't consider his body. He considered the word. Then let's look at verse 22. For they are like what his words are life. Again, you open up yourself to the forces of the spirit of God. The fruit of the spirit, the life that's in the spirit of God. They are life. Now that word to those that find them, that word find, I looked that up. It's an interesting word. It actually means to lay hold. It can be translated that way. To those that lay hold, those that lay hold of them. How do you lay hold of it? By your considering it. See, if you consider the word, listen, this is how I picture it. If you consider the word enough in your mind, your your spirit has a hand. We talk about the hand of faith. Your spirit has a hand. You keep that word in the forefront of your thinking and your attention, and you keep considering the word, and you don't let it depart from, from from your eyes and your ears. There's a hand that comes up now and is able to grab that word. And bring it down into your heart. That's called revelation. That's called faith. Praise God. For they are life to those that find them. And let's read the rest. Put that back up again. The rest of that verse. And what, what else does it produce? Health. Life and health. It does something it manifests, that word health also be translated medicine. How do we keep taking God's medicine that brings health to our flesh? We don't let go of the word. We keep it, we lay hold of it, we keep it in the midst of our heart. We don't let anything shake us from what God said. See, the devil, he, the devil knows this. He knows if you keep considering the word, he's whipped. He can't get his stuff to come to pass in your life. See, that's how powerful the word of God is when you'll consider it and don't let it go. Keep it in the forefront of your thinking. Glory to God. Let me look at one more. I wanted to look at one more passage here before we, let let me share this. uh, I heard this testimony of a pastor uh, uh, that I I know of, and there's a woman that was in his church. And he shared, shared this testimony, this woman that had a, she went to the doctor, had a, she had, it felt a lump in her breast. She went and they checked her out and, and, and went and did an ultrasound. Now she was a woman of faith. She said, you know, she was trusting the Lord. But he showed her the, he came back into the office with her after the ultrasound and showed her the ultrasound and said, now see, here's that lump right there that, that, you've, that we were concerned about, we thought you might have. And, and it kind of, for a moment, shook her a little bit. She said, this is her testimony. She said, I, she said, I, she said, oh, I, she said to the Lord, oh, I just, I wish I hadn't seen that. It's like she was able to use her faith till she saw that. Now, aren't you glad even when we get temporarily shaken, God doesn't quit on us. And the word doesn't keep, stop working. I mean, we can still, we can get back in the fight. I've been there where you initially get slapped upside the head about something. But you got to get right back in. You get right back in there. You know, Abraham jumped back in. We can jump back in. But here's what happened. The Holy Spirit spoke up to her when she said that to the Lord. She said, Lord, I wish I hadn't seen that. Here's what the Holy Spirit said. Is what you see greater than what I say? Is what you see greater than what I say. How many of we can live with that? <laughs> How many of that applies to us all in different areas, arenas, places, and circumstances of life? In fact, if we'll believe what God said, it'll change what we see. That's what faith is. That's what it does. That's what Abraham did. He said, I'm going to believe what God says, and it changed 
what he felt, what he saw, what in the natural had to happen. Glory be to God. Thank God for the word. See, that's that, because that's when, listen, that's when faith is exercised when you don't see something with your natural eyes. That's when faith has to be exercised. Let's look at one more passage of scripture here before we close this morning. Numbers chapter 21. Numbers 21. Praise God. Let's pick it up at verse 4 here. This is the children of Israel. They come by the way of the Red Sea, and uh, they journey from the Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of this route, because of the way they were going. And so they, they got discouraged. So the you know, first thing that happens when people get discouraged is it shows up in their mouth. So what did they start doing? Verse 5. And, they, and the people spoke against God. They started complaining and started griping and, and against Moses. Wherefore, have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? Did you bring us up out of here just so we could die in this barren place? There's no bread. There's no water. You know, it's interesting. There's a place in Oklahoma called No Water, a city. But Brother Hagen used to make a joke. He said, uh, there's, there, because there's a city uh, in, in Oklahoma, he said, you know, well, there's two cities. He said, there's no wonder the Indians lost because, uh, you know, uh, there's a city called No Water and another one called Broken Bow. And Broken Arrow, but whatever. Praise the Lord. <laughs> there's no bread. There's no water. And our soul hates this low-calorie bread. I'm not a big fan of it either, but sometimes it helps with a diet. But praise the Lord. <laughs> Next verse. <laughs> and the Lord sent. Actually, the Lord allowed. This is in the, in the Hebrew. If you, we don't have time to talk about all that. In other words, there were serpents out there already, you know, in the wilderness. But they'd never gotten into the camp until they started griping and complaining and opened the door to the enemy. So the Lord had to allow these serpents to come among the people, and they bit the people, and many of them died. But aren't you glad God's merciful and had a cure for, those, for the ones that are remaining? Now, people, some did die. But look at the next verse. Therefore, the people came to Moses, said, we've sinned. See, they repented, thank God. But we've spoken against the Lord, against you. Pray to God that he'll take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed. He, you know, he interceded for the people. And God in his mercy, verse, next verse. And the Lord said to Moses, make, the, make a fiery serpent or a brass serpent. And put it on a pole. Set it on the pole. And it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten when he looks upon it shall live. Now, that's a type. Jesus himself referred to it in John 3. He said, just like the serpent is, was raised up in the wilderness on the pole, he said, so I'm going to be lifted up. So that was a picture of Jesus on the cross, really, and from John 3, 14. But it was, a, it was a type of Jesus, but it was a serpent. Why? Because Jesus was made sin, and he was made sickness and disease. He bore the curse, didn't he? So... Again, back to uh, Numbers 21, verse, verse uh, Moses made a serpent of bronze, verse 9, put it on a pole. And if the serpent had bitten any man, when he looked, now this is how they amplified. I love this in verse 9. When he looked to the serpent of bronze, now notice how he's describing the look here. This is a good definition of considering, looking, putting your attention on, attentively, expectantly, with a steady and absorbing gaze. It wasn't just a passing glance. They had to keep their gaze on the serpent on the pole while snakes were still running through the camp, poisonous snakes, they were hearing screaming from people that were dying. 
They just had loved ones that died. They had, I mean, there was dust flying and tables being knocked over. <laughs> it was bedlam all around them. And yet God said, you're going to have to keep your gaze on the serpent on the pole. You're going to have to keep looking no matter what's going on around you. Even if you're feeling the poison coming up your leg and the pain. See, this wasn't just everybody sitting in a nice chair in church looking at a serpent up on the screen waiting for their healing. They were in the middle of a battle. This was a fight. And they had to fight. <clears throat> Excuse me. They had to fight. <clears throat> they had to fight to keep their gaze right. It would have been easy to go, oh, no, Aunt Sally. <laughs> She's falling over. We better do something for her. No. In this situation, they had to keep their gaze. If they're going to. If they're going to get healed, if they're going to get their victory, if they're going to get their deliverance, they have to keep their attention, their consideration. They're going to have to keep beholding. In fact, the King James says, go back to the King James in verse 9 there, <clears throat> if you would. Moses made that brass, a serpent of brass, put on a pole, and it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man when he beheld of course, the Amplified just gives you more description of that. But you just got when he, you got to keep behold. How long do you behold, Pastor, till the healing shows up, <clears throat> till the victory shows up? How long do you keep beholding? If you have a financial need, how long do you keep beholding Philippians four nineteen? <clears throat> I mean, how long do you keep meditating on it, speaking it out of your mouth? My God, see, I've been there where I've had to just go. My God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, my God. And I've got this, I've got this other voice trying to, trying to get in over here from the outside saying, you don't have enough. You, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to have big problems. You're going to have to, you, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to default. You're going to, I was going to, I'm like, no, my God, my God, my God. I'm keeping my consideration on the word of God. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. <clears throat> we got to keep considering the word. And like the Holy Spirit told that woman, it's what, you, it's what you see greater than what I say. Never. That's why we've got to hold to the word. Hold to the word. Attend to the word. Consider the word. Don't let, don't let go of the word. You realize Hebrews tells us in Hebrews 1, 3, the word of God is what's upholding this entire universe. Everything is upheld. Everything is upheld. Every planet, every star, every galaxy is upheld by the word. Well, don't you think he can uphold you? Your life, your circumstance. But you're going to have to keep attending Keep your gaze on the word of God. There's no room for attention deficit disorder here. <clears throat> if you're going to get to the other side, victorious. If you take your gaze off, you'll get weary and you'll, fa and you'll faint. But the difference in victory, the difference in, in winning, the difference in you know, winning and losing and comes down to what are you considering? Are you going to consider the word or just consider the problem? Are you going to consider the word or consider the circumstance? Are you going to consider the symptoms? Or are you going to consider by his stripes you were healed? Are you going to consider the problems in the economy? Or are you going to consider my God supplies all my need? It's a choice. It's a choice. Doesn't matter what you feel, it's a choice what you consider. And you can have strong faith or you can have weak faith. That's your choice. Isn't it? If the Bible's true, what did it say about Abraham? Being not weak, he considered not.
That means being strong, he considered. If you look at the opposite of that. So don't entertain depression. Don't entertain fear. Don't entertain the, the lies of the enemy that are designed to steal the word out of your heart and weaken you spiritually and weaken your faith. We've got to get to that point in our life. What does the word say? Because that's what I'm going to consider. That's why we have to keep hearing the word, meditating the word. You can do that going through life. We got other things I know, we, a lot of things we do in life. We all have busy lives, but we still got to learn to keep the word in our consideration. Keep building the word into your heart by what you meditate on, what you speak. Keep speaking the word to yourself. Build yourself up every day in the word of God. Amen. Feed your faith daily. Again, what you keep on your mind gets down in your heart. Your mind is the gateway to your spirit. And your spirit is where the force of faith operates from. So keep the word on your mind. Meditate. Amen. God wants to turn some things around in your life, but he needs your cooperation in mind. The devil wants to bring some destruction in your life, but he needs your cooperation and mine. And one of the main ways we give either the enemy or God our cooperation is by what we consider. If you're considering all your past failures, the enemy's going to set you up for a defeat. Are you going to consider the blood and walk on in victory and overcome in life? Are you going to consider the problems, the circumstances? Are you going to consider the victory that's yours in Christ? That he's made you more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. 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 You got people all around you every day. Some of them are just considering. All they think about is their inabilities, their shortcomings, why, why the world's against them, why the odds are against them, why this, never, this thing never happens for them, this good. That, that's what they consider all the time. You know it and I know it. I run into people like that. I can go out and walk nine holes on the golf course and run into somebody and play golf with them, but within the first 20 minutes, I know what they've been considering for the last few months. If they're talking fear, talking problems, talking, just talking doubt, that's what they've been considering. You're a product of what you've been considering. We all face obstacles. We all face difficulties. We all face challenges. We all face tests. What's going to be the difference in the outcome? What we consider. Consider the word till you get strong in faith. And then once you get in faith, you stay in faith by considering the word. That's how you keep from staggering. That's how you keep from wavering. Is this getting into anybody this morning? I figured if I keep repeating myself enough. Somebody's going to go, oh, that's what he's talking about. That's what the word says. Oh, praise the Lord. I figured some of you just had a late breakfast. You can wait for another. You got another hour, don't you? Well, I didn't hear any excitement in that. In that uh, I didn't hear any loud amens. I'm just messing, just messing, just messing. Praise the Lord. Father, we praise you. We thank you this morning. Father, we thank you for your precious holy word. Father, we thank you that you didn't leave us here in a helpless condition. But you sent your son, he defeated the enemy, and you've given us your word, and you've given us scripture, you've given us examples, you've given us instruction on how we can live a victorious, overcoming life, a life of strong faith, not weak faith. We thank you that circumstances can be changed, situations can be turned around. That we don't have to live in doubt, fear, depression, weakness. Oh, Father, we thank you that you've allowed us to, to be strong and to be strong in the Lord, strong in your word, strong in your power and might, and to live a life of victory, to overcome in every realm of life. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. And Father, we purpose in our hearts. I purpose, and I'm encouraging everybody here again, make a fresh 
purpose, renewing of consecration and purpose in your heart, that you're going to be mindful of what you're considering every day. Mindful of what you allow to be entertained with and occupied with in your thought life. That you're going to purpose to be more disciplined and cast down thoughts that don't line up with God's word and only allow God's thoughts to be on the throne of your mind and the throne of your life so that your faith can be strong and you can walk in the victory God has provided for you. Victorious prayer life, victorious faith life, a victorious life in Christ over all the power of the enemy, over sin, over addiction, over any bondage, over any spirit of fear, over anything the enemy can throw at you and me, we have the victory. And we're not going to back off of what the Word of God says. We're going to embrace it. We're going to lay hold of it. And we're going to keep it in the forefront of our attention and our consideration. And we cannot be defeated. And we will not quit. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's give him praise and thanks for that this morning. Father, we praise you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for giving us victory. Thank you for helping us to overcome. Everybody stand up. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your word. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We'll give him praise like you've got the victory this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. You know, this has been, this has been a neglected area many times when people talk about faith. Uh, you know, as a pastor, fortunately, I, have to, I can take the time to cover different areas and different elements and aspects of faith. And, this, and I found this in my life to be very important for me to have a victorious walk of faith and to have victories on a regular basis. Because I've, you know, I've learned by experience, I've had defeats. <laughs> I've gotten weak. But I've also learned how to stay strong. And I'm sharing with you something that's very important because your mind matters in having a strong faith life. And what you keep your focus and attention on. Keep beholding (laughs) the serpent on the pole, the word of God. Keep considering him who's the author and the finisher. If you're going to get to the finish line, we got to keep considering him. Amen? Amen? Praise the Lord. I hope this blessed you today. Praise God. We have some people that will be down here. So a couple of prayer, our prayer teams will be down here for anybody that has a spiritual need in your life. If you need have questions about uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit or, or anything along those lines, we've got some folks that can help pray with you uh, after the service. So they'll be available for anyone uh, this morning for a few moments. Amen. Give us a chance. Give me a chance. My wife, like I said, she's not here today. And, but uh, I'm going to go back to this door if you want shake my hand. If not, God bless you. We'll see you. See you soon. Amen.